When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It seems as though nothing is sacred any longer. Sure, we've had the fishing scandal. Sure, we've had the chess scandal. Sure, there was a little voting tweak scandal with Fat Bear Week. Sure, we've had those issues. But now, we have an issue with professional cornhole athletes. I know. So apparently, uh, hashtag bag gate. <laughs> now, if you're thinking to yourself, wait, there's professional cornhole. Yeah. The American cornhole league. Okay. Don't look at me like that. And they had a national championship in South Carolina, not too long ago. Now, we found out that the duo that won the American Cornhole League National Championship is found to have used illegal bean bags. Those bastards. But the good thing was, is that so were their opponents. So I guess it's okay. Wait, yeah, don't worry about it. It's sort of a disgrace, but ah, there's some weight discrepancies in the bags. Let the game continue. Don't worry about it. It wasn't intentional. Wait, it wasn't? No, no. So lighter and thinner bags apparently are easier to get in the hole. And players have found different ways to, you know, skirt around the actual rules of the Cornhole Association. They're supposed to be uh, resin-filled bags, six by six, six inches by six inches and weigh approximately one pound. Now it says here, they're supposed to weigh approximately 16 ounces. Approximately. I mean, we got to have better rules than that, right? Put me in charge of the American cornhole league. (laughs) I'll help you out. Okay. No problem. So those of you cheating, I mean, washing bags and Boiling bags and driving over them with your car, trying to gain an advantage. Uh, No, things are going to change as far as the cornhole championships are concerned. So if you have information and you're watching professional cornhole, know that hashtag baggate is being investigated. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Sometimes a nickel is just a nickel, and other times, well, it isn't. The Walton 1913 Liberty Head Nickel. It's the ultra-rare coin. It's one of only five like it in the world, and has been, you know, for a long time, more valuable than just the five cents that a nickel is worth. In 1913, the Liberty Head design had been retired in favor of the new Buffalo design. 
No nickels were meant to be printed with the former figure. Mysteriously, though, a small batch was created. Then, in 1919, a man named Samuel Brown ran an advertisement in a coin-collecting magazine. And who doesn't? I mean, I just dive into every coin-collecting magazine, offering $500 for each nickel. Now, that alerted the public to their existence for the first time. Then, not long after that, Brown, who was a U.S. Mint employee, announced, Oh, yeah, I've got all five nickels. Oh, okay. So, now, this was uh, this was according to the American Newsmatic Association, or the Numismatic, Numismatic? Numismatic. That's what I said, Numismatic. Numismatic. Yeah, I know, that's what I said. So anyway, uh, the Numismatic Association. Uh, research points to him acquiring them during this time at the Money Printing Institution. However, everyone kind of speculates that he had them printed illegally and just ran the ad to raise their value. That's what the Numismatic News thinks. So over the decades, the five precious coins have been sold and changed hands in numerous, numerous times and for different collectors. Now, there's there's been named after the five collectors who have purchased it the the norweb the eliasberg the olson the walton and the mcdermott it was auctioned off in 2013 for more than three million dollars and later came into the possession of the Furman family in 2018 who just sold it to great collections this past month for 4.2 million dollars in a statement ron Furman from the Furman family said our family thoroughly enjoyed owning the Walton 1913 nickel for the past four years, and it was very fulfilling for us to have it on display at the American Numismatic Association Money Museum for all to enjoy during this entire period. Uh, So fulfilling, in fact, uh, that we sold it for $4.3 million. That's how fulfilling it was. (laughs) So the auction house who purchased another of the five nickels last year, the Eliasberg. They got it in a three-coin deal for $13.35 million. That's uh, the uh, great collections president, Ian Russell, was all excited about that. The 1913 nickel is one of the few coins that transcends into a non-newsmatic world, and to handle two of these in a short period of time, well, it's been a thrill. Like I said... Sometimes a nickel is just a nickel. And sometimes, well, it's a whole lot more, isn't it? Did you see where there's a Norwegian man who now identifies as a disabled woman in a wheelchair? I know! So, uh, there's an interview in uh, with uh, Good Morning Norway. And I, man, do I love Good Morning Norway. I try to catch it as often as I can. In the interview, uh, Joran Victoria Alme, uh, I guess that's his name, 53, an able-bodied male who now identifies as a disabled woman. In the interview, he stated that I've always wished I had been born a woman who was paralyzed from the waist down. (laughs) I mean, that's like George in Seinfeld. Who, you know, always, you know, I always wanted to pretend I was a 
marine biologist. And I think George pretended to be all kinds of stuff in Seinfeld. And I think he also pretended to be handicapped at one point. So it's just a, it's just a TV show for this guy. So he's a credit analyst for Handelsbanken in Oslo. And he's received positive coverage in the Norwegian media since he first announced his trans disability publicly a couple of years ago. He's given several interviews, often alongside his wife. Now, despite having no physical handicaps, he currently uses utilizes a wheelchair almost all the time. So in addition to gender dysphoria, uh, Alme claims to have body integrity disorder, BID, citing a dissonance between how he perceives himself and how his body functions. I have struggled with this every day of my life. Uh, In fact, his quote is, I have struggled with this every day my whole life. (laughs) Have you? Have you? So apparently it's it's a cognitive dissonance. In the same way that I experienced being a woman in a man's body, I experienced that I should have been paralyzed from the waist down. It's not a desire to be a burden on society. It's about the wheelchair being an aid for me to function in everyday life, both privately and at work. Oh, okay. So, good luck. Good luck. (laughs) If you are listening to this program right now, anywhere in the world, uh, let's say, you know, you're up and you're listening to Chewing the Fat, you're getting ready to watch a little Good Morning Norway, and you are another person who suffers from gender dysphoria and also has body integrity disorder, uh, I would like you to email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, and let me know. And I would love to talk to you to find out uh, how you feel about things, what's happening in your life. I, I, you know, I should reach out to Jorant Victoria Alme uh, in, uh, in Norway because, or in Oslo because that's where he works as a credit analyst for Handelsbanken. And uh, I would love to talk to him because it's fascinating to me that uh, he has always wished he had been born a woman who was paralyzed from the waist down. I have wished a lot of things in my life. I re- <laughs> As I'm sure you have. I mean, the lotto is 1.50 billion and nobody won. And the, you know, the grand prize, nobody won the jackpot. So it's up $1.50 billion now, uh, which will be drawn on Saturday, uh, the 5th of November, 2022. And I would be happy to win it. And it'll be, I think that makes it the third largest of all time at 1.50. Anyway, uh, I would just say that I've wished a lot of things in my life, like winning that lotto. However, I have never, I can honestly say this, and this may shock you. And I know, I know this is going to shock you, at least some of you. Um, I have never wished to be a woman paralyzed from the waist down. I know, I know. Dry your eyes. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. (sighs) 
So speaking of this weekend with the Powerball drawing at $1.50 billion, cash payout $745.9 million. It's also time change weekend. So we have to fall back, right? Remember, it's spring ahead, fall back. So at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, you got to get up. I said Saturday night, and I'm sorry. I'm going to win the lotto, the Powerball, uh, Saturday night, and then I'm going to have to stay up longer because I've got to change my clocks back at 2 a.m. you got to get up and reset all your clocks to an hour before. <laughs> Every time there's time change, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. I only have, I think, two clocks. No, four. Four clocks that I have to manually change in my house. I have the, oh, I just added another one, five. So we have the coffee maker, we have the oven, we have the microwave. Those don't reset manually. Those don't reset uh, automatically. They have to be manually changed. And then I have uh, a, a two battery power clocks, one uh, hanging on the wall in uh, the bedroom and one on a uh, windowsill in the bathroom that need to be changed manually. And I think that's it. The rest all change uh, automatically. So I'll probably in this, you know, I could be, I'm living in the wrong time if I don't do it at 2 a.m. But I'll probably, you know, do it either before 2 a.m. or after. I know, I know, I'm going to break the rules. So I see it's a big day in the world of uh, Netflix uh, today being the 3rd of November 2022. Uh, Netflix is adding its new tier for basic with ads. So the new tier is going to cost $6.99 a month, which makes it $3 cheaper than the current cheapest plan which is $9.99, the basic plan. I got to tell you, I don't know why. I, I know I'm not paying $9.99. I think, I think we've talked about this. I think I'm paying like 20 bucks a month for Netflix now, which is pushing the limits of the Fisher household for that. But anyway, because I've got this, you know, I, I'm able to watch it on multiple screens in the same house at the same time. Uh, I, I'm told that Prime... With my Prime membership, I can watch, I think it's Prime, I can watch two, I can watch as many, I think up to three uh, screens in the same house on the same account, but only two of the same thing. So one of them, you know, has to be different. I think that's how it works. And Hulu, I think I can have uh, at least two uh, devices streaming Hulu at the same time. Uh, under this um, under this plan so with the basic ad plan then you're going to have you'll have access to the 720p video stream versus the 1080 video stream offered by the 1549 standard plan and the 4k plan offered by the 1999 premium plan which can be accessed from any internet connected device uh, additionally, some titles will not be available with the basic with ad subscribers because of licensing restrictions preventing them from being shown with ads. Users on Netflix's cheapest plan will also lose the ability to download shows and movies to their devices for offload viewing. Um, 
Netflix says that viewers will get an average of four to five minutes of ads per hour of content. It's not bad. These ads will either be 15 or 30 seconds long and will play at both the beginning of the shows and films as well as throughout. Okay. Uh, no problem. And I watch Paramount and I know I, I'm not a big, you know, ads. I, 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 I've grown accustomed to watching many things without commercials, but I'm not opposed to commercials. I get it. They pay the bills. Believe me. I understand the way commercials work, but, uh, it sometimes it's just frustrating. I watch Paramount. I have a, uh, for some deal through our phone company, we got Paramount for free with ads and uh so i watch some shows on paramount and i don't and it's okay you get used to it it takes that is that jar that first commercial you're like oh crap it's got commercials and then you know you're you're moving you're moving on and i will say there's some shows on uh that i record on uh, from youtube tv which by the way they if they raise their price again i may pull the plug on them but uh they uh if you go to watch it on from the recording, they make you sit through the ads. And I'm not sure what constitutes that. I think if it's how long you wait, like if it's a, within a 24-hour window, then they make you sit through the ads. I'm not sure what the what the process is because I, I don't mind watching some of these shows, but I, you know, I do fast forward through the commercials. Although I kind of one click through it so that I have an idea of what the commercials are so that there's something that I like, Oh, I haven't seen that. What is that one? I go back and I watch it. So I, you know, I'm not opposed to commercials. So switching is simple. Uh, according to this, uh, users need to sign into their account on a computer or smartphone and then search for plan details under their account settings. And you'll see the option change plan. I'm guessing that was probably there before. And uh, you'll be able to select from all four of the streamer's plans. So once the ad-supported plan has been selected, the change will kick into effect at the user's next billing date. And speaking of Netflix, I see where they just released their new uh, original comedy, Blockbuster, today. The show about the last remaining branded video rental store. And uh, it feels like uh, that's a little bit a little bit personal for the old Netflix because I uh, remember at Blockbuster's peak, for those of you that don't know, Blockbuster was were stores where you rented movies and you know you got candy and all kinds of stuff. but their basic purpose was for you to go and rent movies to watch at home. And uh, their movie rental channel had like 9,000 stores, six billion dollars in annual revenue and uh, you know, late fees, you had to drop them off, but you had to get them back on time. It was just amazing. And so in the late 90s, uh, Netflix offered to buy Blockbuster for $50 million. And, or no, Blockbuster passed on a chance to buy Netflix. I got to get the story right. Netflix didn't want to buy Blockbuster. Blockbuster passed on the deal to buy Netflix. Man, that wasn't a good call. Uh, instead, Blockbuster partnered with Enron. Do you remember Enron? Yeah, of course you don't because they're gone. It's the Crooked E company. Uh, to create its own video on-demand platform. In 2001, the chain abandoned the project uh, thinking the future of the industry would still involve blue-carpeted video rental stores. Uh-uh, wrong. Bankrupt. As of right now, one store remains in Bend, Oregon. So... We'll see. That sounds like a funny, funny show, though. <laughs> uh, 
and proving that it's never well you're never too old to not get out there and live your dream uh congratulations to angela alvarez a 95 year old grandmother who just nabbed a, nabbed a latin grammy for best new artist now it's because of her grandson she's always been a musician she's 95 now she's from uh louisiana baton rouge louisiana that's where her husband had worked as a mechanical engineer for the sugar industry she was raised in cuba and uh, she always played piano early on and then took on guitar started writing her own songs and her dad was like uh yeah um no um you're my only daughter and uh, you sing for the family but not for the world oh and she said you know i loved him and i obeyed him i didn't insist so her grandson uh knew about all these songs and her music and thought this is we've got to put something together and he said he was on a trip and he's a musician and he was on a trip with a friend in spain and this friend said what are you waiting you're waiting for her to die let's do this Let's knock this out. So he came back and he brought her to L.A. And they started recording. He got all the musicians together. And they put songs together. Put the album together for which she, you know, won the Grammy for. And uh, she also, they did a documentary uh, about the making of all this. Uh, and uh, they got a hold of Andy Garcia, who loved the idea. And he put her in the movie, in this new movie that they're doing. He also was a producer and a narrator of the documentary on Alvarez called Miss Angela. And then asked her to be in the movie uh, Father of the Bride remake, where she's uh, she's a character in the movie. And she also sings a song in the soundtrack. So uh, she got that. And so it's just amazing. Uh, she's had a, what an amazing life. And congratulations. Uh, to her and uh, for winning the uh, best new artist at the age of 95 uh, for the best <laughs> Latin Grammy best new artist nomination and for you know living her life and finally realizing that she needed to do it her way and with the help of her grandson and so she made her music and starting to get her music out there and also providing the world with her story fantastic Congratulations. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So who died today? Who died today? We start off with Erica Hoy, 26 years old rest in peace erica victim of a road rage incident in australia her toyota prius of course her being an actress and you may know her from the reality of humanity uh joanne spirit guide rib spreader she was an up-and-coming actress uh she was driving in her prius with her boyfriend and her twin sister uh were also in the vehicle and then they were run off the road into a truck and she died and her twin sister and her boyfriend 
were uh, seriously injured. The family is using uh, her being in the car with her boyfriend and her sister as a point of peace that she was able to be with them when she died. The driver of the other car uh, was deemed mentally unfit to appear in person was giving a, given a bedside hearing at uh, Adelaide's uh, Queen Elizabeth Hospital. She is charged with one count of causing death by dangerous driving, three counts of causing harm by dangerous driving, leaving the scene of an accident, and two counts of driving without due care. She's also going to face charges for hindering police investigations into the crash by, uh, how dare her, not answering questions or providing her name and address. So... Throw the keys away. Get her off the road. She's dangerous. Erica Hoy, rest in peace at the age of 26. Also, another, well, not a person, but a thing that died today. My Twitter blue check mark could have died today. At Jeffy JFR. I know. So, Elon... Uh, the news is that he's going to cut 50% of their employees over there at uh, Twitter uh, any day now. Good, goodbye, have a nice day. Uh, he'll bring more people in once he cleans house, you would think. And he's uh, it's being reported that he's going to institute a policy where you're going to have to pay $8 a month for the blue tick charge. So I have to decide whether I'm going to pay $8 for my blue check mark a month or not. And uh, do, it's an inter- there's an interesting, uh, an interesting train of thought on that. Uh, it's nice that you, you know, it verifies that it's you um, doing the tweets. I don't know what you get for it, right? I mean, okay, so I get a blue check mark. Uh, they, they claim that with the, uh, the blue check mark, you will get priority in replies, mentions, and search, which is essential to defeat spam and scam, the spam scam, and ability to post long video and audio, half as many ads, and a paywall bypass for publishers willing to work with us. And this, according to him, will also give Twitter a revenue stream uh, to reward content creators. Okay. Um, there will be a secondary tag below the name for someone who is a public figure, which is already the case with politicians. Now, Elon also said that Twitter's current lords and peasants system for who was or doesn't have a blue check mark is bullshit. I believe that's what the tweet said. Uh, but uh, he said power to the people. Well, power to the people, and then you're charging the people. You're charging the peasants to be like the lords. That's what it takes. Money, Jeff. Okay. So we could say rest in peace to at Jeffy JFR's blue check mark uh, soon. Unless I, uh, you know, pay the eight bucks a month. Yesterday during Who Died Today, we talked about uh, rapper Takeoff, who was uh, shot and killed in Houston outside a bowling alley or inside a bowling alley. They were shooting dice. And uh, gunshots uh, went off, and he was uh, murdered in this in this reckless shooting in Houston. Well, uh, Jackson State football coach Deion Sanders is going to be in Houston to play Texas Southern this weekend, and he is not going to allow his players to leave their hotel this weekend. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. 
Uh, he said family members and friends who want to see the players before Saturday's game can come and visit the team in the hotel. He said, I'm sick and tired of the consistency of people that are influential to you are leaving us consistently. That's our rappers. Oh, okay. Takeoff was murdered in a dice game in Houston where we're going. So that eliminates all y'all leaving the hotel because it ain't happening until I give you further notice. So you players that were planning on going out to the bowling alley before your football game on Saturday and shooting dice until 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, that's not happening, okay? And yesterday, a Parkland school shooter, Nicholas Cruz, was sentenced to life without parole for the massacre that killed 17 children and staff members. Remember, they took away the death penalty before the sent- this was the sentencing. Life without parole, of course. So he is in jail forever. I saw where the sister of one of the people that were murdered, that was murdered by Mr. Cruz, I call him Mr. Cruz, reluctantly, uh, spoke at the sentencing trial. She said, I hope your fellow inmates take real nice and cozy care of you. (laughs) It's not funny at all. It's sad. She's trying to get through it. She doesn't want to think about him. She said, I don't want to, I'm not going to think about you anymore after this. I hope that's true. I hope that she can get past it. I don't know that that's possible, but uh, I definitely do tend to agree with the hope that fellow inmates take real nice and cozy care of you. I know during the... uh, One of those sentencing, during the trial, the judge flipped out on the defense. I guess they were laughing, and there's a picture of one of them what appears to be that she's flipping the bird. Uh, She's got her hand up against her face with her middle finger up, uh, looking like, you know, you know how you do when somebody walks by and you put your finger up because you want them to uh, know that you're giving them the finger, but you're not sticking it out in front of you, and it's supposed to be kind of funny, but this does not look funny at all. And it's in a court of law at the sentencing of Nicholas Cruz. And these people, plus people are there who were, you know, had family members murdered by this man and they're speaking, uh, getting some of the, some of the sadness off their heart in court and, uh, wanting the judge to know how, what a terrible person he is and how it affected their lives. Like she said, uh, you know, she wants the uh, inmates to take real nice, and cozy care of you and so let's we can at least if we're going to pray at all for nicholas cruz to have redemption and uh and move on past killing 17 people at parkland high school uh, perhaps we can pray that the fellow inmates do take real nice and cozy care of nicholas cruz So I see where uh, Giselle and Tom are completely done now. And according to reports, they had, you know, an ironclad prenup. Of course, uh, you know, I mean, they both have assets from their life, their world. Apparently, Tom is worth about 300 and some million. And Giselle is worth well over 400 million. So she doesn't need Tom. And Tom don't need her. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I saw another story that talked about that she was she bought this house uh, down in Florida in February. So, you know, they're trying to say, well, she knew she was going to leave Tom because she bought this place. And uh, I, I mean, it must be a place for the help. Because I'm looking at the properties that Tom and Giselle have. So apparently Giselle's going to retain the home in Costa Rica. She loves that place. That's where she went with the kids. That's where, you know, she loves going back to Costa Rica. She loves her place on the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. Uh, I don't blame her. So then they have a home in the Bahamas, another at the Yellowstone Club in Montana, and a New York City apartment where she's been staying uh, since the split. Now you would think that she would be staying in this house that they say she bought in Florida in February, but she's staying at her place in New York, okay? Now, uh, I, I find it difficult to believe that this house she purchased to live in um, but we'll see. All right. It, and even in the story, they say a relatively modest cottage style house. Yeah. In the neighborhood of Surfside, 1.25 million, which seems like uh, an awful lot of money for this place, but okay. You know, prices are through the roof these days. Uh, but this is definitely not a houses of the hoity toity. Okay. It's, uh, it looks like, I mean, it's a nice place. It's a nice place for the help. Maybe, uh, you know, it's described as a charming art deco style cottage. <laughs> 1,890 square feet. Come on now. She, Giselle can't live in 1,800, not 1,800 feet. Sorry. No. Uh, it's got a three bedroom, two and a half bath residence. Captures natural light, showcases uh, uh, curated interior, chic finishes, impact glass throughout. And the two and a half bath is fine. The three bedrooms got to be small bedrooms for 1,800 square feet. I'm sorry. And I'm looking at the yard. I guess it's kind of private, but I mean, it's a, it's a family neighborhood. 1,890 square feet. That's, that's for the help. Giselle's not staying here. I, I question that she actually bought this place, but that's what the story said. So maybe it's just a part of the real estate portfolio. Uh, thinking that it was going to be a bigger fight than it was going to be, or than it was when she broke up with Tom. Maybe she needed a place to run and hide with the kids. I don't know. But there's no way that Giselle is staying at this 1.25 million, 1,890 square feet house in Surfside, this Art Deco home. Uh, no way. This might be a place for her to go and hide away for a weekend and nobody knows she's there. Maybe. Maybe. But I doubt it. All right, we've got some headlines to get to to help you get through the day here a little bit. Uh, Amazon is uh, expanding its library of ad-free music and podcasts for Prime members. Good. That's nice to know. The world's biggest iPhone plant has been locked down. Uh, China has imposed a seven-day lockdown on the Zhengzhou area that houses the largest iPhone assembly factory run by Foxconn. As part of the country's zero-COVID policy, quarantine practices at the manufacturing facility already had workers fleeing. Yeah, we heard stories about uh, people trying to run away and get out of there. And uh, the new restrictions could hinder Apple's ability to meet demand for the iPhone 14. Oh, no. We cannot have that. We do not want that. Uh, that won't stand. Uh, Apple needs to get over there and say, hey, what's going on? And uh, Shanghai Disney closed as well. 
to comply with the COVID prevention policies, leaving park visitors trapped inside. Rides is still running until they can produce negative COVID tests. Hi, welcome to China. <laughs> Glad you came. Me too. <laughs> Look for a new promotions from TMRW Sports. It's a sports startup from a Tiger Woods and a Rory McIlroy. They received uh, an investment from a group of uh, super athletes, including Serena Williams, Alex Morgan, Lewis Hamilton, and Steph Curry. So they're dumping a lot of money into the old TMRW Sports. So be prepared for that to take off. Speaking of sports, too, uh, the World Series is still ongoing. Uh, looked like Philadelphia was going to run the table and win in Philadelphia. Not run the table. They were... They lost the first game, but they were they'd won the last two. So they were up 2-1, to one, and then the last, next two games were in Philadelphia. Looks like they were going to win in Philly. Uh, but then they lost last night. Oh, man, tough. And they faced a uh, shutout, which is uh, the Astros threw the first combined no-hitter in Major League postseason history. I mean, all their pitchers pitched a, a shutout. Uh, incredible. Uh, Houston won five to nothing over Philadelphia, so it's two wins and two wins apiece for Houston and Philadelphia. So uh, it's going to go back to Houston. They have one more game in Philadelphia, then it'll go back to Houston. So it's possible that Philly could still win, obviously, but uh, you know they wouldn't win in Philadelphia. So we'll see. We'll see. It looks. Uh, I thought it looked like they were going to run away with it after they won seven nothing the other night, but then they lost five to nothing. So these teams are battling it out in the World Series. Good for them. And it looks like uh, the Washington Commanders owners, uh, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are looking for to sell uh, the NFL franchise. It's valued at five point six billion dollars. Now I don't know if they're going to sell the whole thing or just sell a piece of it. They're looking at uh, selling. Uh, a piece of it, you know, maybe a percentage of it and take a few billion and be get out of the picture. There's all kinds of, there's lawsuits coming down. There's the investigation on the team's workplace. Uh, he's been in trouble for his general lack of respect toward women. Uh, the owners, there's been, uh, there's been gossip that they were going to kick him to the curb. Uh, he's owned the team since 1999. They like to always remind everyone that he never wanted to change the name from the Washington Redskins. How dare him? Uh, yeah. And you know what? Most people didn't want to change the name to the Washington, uh, commanders. They didn't want to go away from, uh, the Redskins and it wasn't the commanders to begin with. It was the Washington football team. And I will say just a side note to the NFL and all you Washington Redskin haters that most of the fans that show up at the games are still wearing their Redskins merchandise. Okay. They didn't rush to the to the stores to buy new Washington Commander stuff because it's still the Washington Redskins. Okay, all right, good. But keep an eye on uh, that battle, and they're looking like uh, uh, it might happen with the first black NFL owner to be a part or a sole or partial owner of a football team, a football franchise on this Washington Commanders team. I think it was Byron Allen. Yes, it was Byron Allen, who they claim is preparing a bid to buy the Commanders. They're saying that he's preparing a bid for $5.6 billion. Holy cow. I mean, it was $4.65 billion 
for the Broncos. So are they going to, I mean, is Snyder going to turn down $5.6 billion for the commanders? I don't think the NFL would allow that to happen. And to have an African-American be the owner of a football team, hello, this deal will happen. If he can get the, if he can get the bid together with the right, uh, with the right investors, he's the guy. And I don't know if you know this, but we're still at war. Uh, Wait, we're not at war. We just have boots on the ground in Ukraine. I did see where it was reported that Russia was backing out of some Ukraine uh, grain deal. But then the next day they said, oh, oh, it was a few days maybe. They agreed to rejoin the grain deal with Ukraine because they had backed out of it over some strike on its Black Sea fleet. So we'll see. And there was a big report that uh, from some and who knows if you know again is it true don't know uh don't really care i don't think but it is interesting uh that uh, this report according to leaked emails from a kremlin insider <laughs> so it's completely trustworthy uh and you can trust all leaked emails from a kremlin insider they claim that vladimir putin does have pancreatic cancer and Parkinson's disease. So the rumors about his ill health that have been circulating are now true. He has Parkinson's and pancreatic cancer thanks to these leaked spy documents. And so if it says that he's got pancreatic cancer and Parkinson's disease, and it's from a Kremlin insider. <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true. You know you do. You believe it. I mean, you want to believe it, but... and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.